everyone. I'm Mark Steven. Welcome to the program. Today, a look back at a special time for the Calgary Stampeders, and we also look back at the career of one of the top performers of recent times. Rob Maver calls it a career. Well, the season is in the books for the Calgary Stampeders, and for that matter, the Canadian Football League. The end of this season is also the end of the decade. And the end of a decade is one of those moments to step back and take stock of what's gone on in the last 10 years. For the Calgary Stampeders, this will go down as their greatest decade. Let's roll through some of the numbers. They finished first six times and finished second three times. They had a home playoff game every year but one. They played in five Grey Cups and captured two. Individually, lots of hardware handed out. The team had three most outstanding players winning the award four times. Two players won four Canadian Outstanding Player Awards. They had the top lineman three times, the top rookie three times, and the top defensive player in 2017. Quite a haul. So this is a time at the end of a decade when different polls and surveys are out. We break down the events of the decade. The player of the decade, I think Bo Levi Mitchell, wins this award going away. He's the only Stampeder quarterback to quarterback the team to two Grey Cup titles. He also won the MOP award in 2014 and 2018. His win percentage is something to behold. It's the best in league history. One key for him, he turns 30 early next year, so that means there is still plenty of good football ahead. In my mind... The top moment of the decade, and there were lots to choose from. It was the Great Cup win in 2018. Not just because it was in Edmonton, but more importantly, it came after two devastating defeats in the prior two Grey Cups. It was an impressive win, but I also suggest a badly needed one. If 2018 was the top moment of the decade, it means 2017 and the Grey Cup was probably the low point. The team lost the Grey Cup to Toronto in a game played in Ottawa. Not only was it a loss, but the team let it get away in the last few minutes. Listen, they also lost the 2016 game in Ottawa. All I can say is, if you really stretch your imagination, I mean really stretch it, you can make a case for losing the 2016 game. Maybe Ottawa was right at the top of the game. Maybe there was that win-one-for-Henry factor in 2016. So I can at least make a weak case for that game. I struggled to make a case for 2017. It was a tough day all around. Anyway, for some perspective on the decade, I contacted longtime Stampeder executive Stan Schwartz to analyze the team and its success. Well, I think it, you know, it starts with the ownership and the uh, and people, and uh, you know, way back with uh, Larry Rickman taking over, and we still were able to uh, still have Wally as the head coach and general manager, and then when Sig took over, uh, local ownership, and then uh, you know we. We had that period where things weren't so good under the uh, Federic regime, but um, when the uh, when the um, group of uh, individuals stepped up in 205, um, you know the Bob Vickers, the Dave Spongeses, you know Ken King, uh, Paul Coburn, when they stepped up into uh, a limited partnership, that it kind of set uh, things in motion and. Uh, Success continued, and uh, and then eventually the uh, 
because of success, the Flames uh, eventually bought the team in 212, and the rest is history. Yeah, just maybe talk about that decision of the Calgary Sports and Entertainment Corporation to take it over. They have all their tenants down at the Saddle Dome, but uh, I guess uh, if you want to be involved in pro sports, you might as well go all the way, and that's what they did, taking the team over in 2012. And it certainly wasn't an aggressive takeover or anything else. I mean, basically, in November of 2011, a couple of the owners indicated that uh, because of their age, they were looking at um, selling their share in the uh, in the club in the limited partnership, and of course the the first people that would have the option of purchasing that share would be the limited partnerships partners. And the um, the flame stepped up and um, and uh, purchased those two, and eventually two or three of the other owners uh, decided that it was maybe time for them to uh, give up ownership, and eventually the. Flames uh, uh, received the uh, or were able to obtain the majority of ownership of the Stampeders, and uh, and now the Calgary Sports and Entertainment Group uh, is the uh, sole owner of the Calgary Stampeders, with a few uh, limited partners that have still been uh, or were were from the original group. Well, it's good to see it's in stable local hands, and I think that's the key. Stan, on the field, it's been a very successful decade. Uh, two Grey Cups uh, could have even been more, but uh, I just look it over, and I'd have to say that uh, Bo Levi Mitchell was probably the most dominant player of the last uh, 10 years. I don't know what your thoughts are, and just uh, take us through what you think makes him so good, because you got to know him, of course, during your time with the club there. Well, no, Bo is uh, certainly a special player, and he's the... Uh... He's the uh, the key for uh, Stampeder's success, and uh, you know, winning uh, a couple of great cups, and also for for his contribution to the Stampeders and the Canadian Football League, being recognized as the outstanding player on two separate occasions. You know, he is the premier player in the CFL right now, and uh, the Stampeders are certainly fortunate to have somebody of uh, of his uh, caliber. And you mentioned just the success of the team. I guess as long as the ownership stays stable and John Huffnagel's around and Dave Dickinson and Bo, I guess, uh, it looks like good times ahead for the foreseeable future anyway. Well, no question. I think with the, uh, with the solid ownership and the, uh, under the leadership of John Huffnagel and Dave Dickinson and uh, the on-field performance led by uh, uh, Bo, uh, you know, their success uh, is certainly uh, uh, in the future. But uh, one of the things that's really difficult for teams right now is because of the, the number of free agents that occur each year. So there's a, certainly a, a change in the, uh, the names uh, of players on each team, and uh, that's certainly a challenge for, uh, for John and Dave each year and for any other uh, executives in the CFL. One question we discussed 10 years ago, hope we aren't talking about it 10 years from now, but stadium issues, I guess that's going to be one of the challenges uh, that the team is going to continue to face in the future going forward, isn't it? Yeah, well, I'm, you know, I'm certainly disappointed that uh, nothing's been uh, been done, but uh, again, you know, our facility is still a pretty good facility. I mean, there's some, there's certainly the, um, the concourses, uh, Need a substantial upgrade, but the cost to upgrade is uh, is you know in the probably a hundred million dollars plus, and 
you take that kind of money for an upgrade for a, for an aging facility, you might as well put that into a new facility. So I'm not sure what the status is right now, but uh, it's unfortunate that um, nothing has been discussed since the announcement of the uh, Flames receiving their new uh, or approval for a new facility. But uh, hopefully um, something will uh, surface over the next year or so. But uh, the life expectancy... Um, you know, I would think isn't much more than 10, 12 years, and uh, something's going to have to be done over the next few years. That's Stan Schwartz, who's been a fixture at McMahon Stadium for decades, and even in retirement, he's still very visible around McMahon Stadium. The end of the decade also marks the end of the career of two different Stampeders. Both were on the roster for the entire decade. Defensive back Brandon Smith announced he was moving on late in the regular season. Then punter Rob Maver held a news conference to announce his departure. He arrived in 2010 as the Stampeders' first-round draft choice. I caught up with his coach, special teams coach Mark Killam, for analysis on Maver. Well, I think first and foremost it's his consistency. You know, Rob was consistent uh, each and every week in practice, each and every week in the game, um, and he was a professional in the way that he went about doing that. You know, he had to evolve his game as the rules changed and our punting team changed and the scheme changed, and he did that. And uh, that's just really a credit to him and, and the work that he put in. What did you see in him when you drafted him? Because a first-round draft pick is pretty special, but you elected to go with the kicker. I know there was an obvious need there, but nonetheless, you drafted him very, very high. Well, I mean, he, if we worked him out several times. We flew him out here. We did a bunch of things. We did our due diligence. You know that that would go on with the draft. But Rob could do all three. We brought him in as a guy to do all three. And like you know, he, he, he was just a field goal kicker. I think he broke a record for rookie points in a season. And, uh, you know, he was, he's a talented kid. And, I mean, I think that, you know, with that whole thing that happened in his second year and his transition to becoming the punter because of the emergence of Renee, uh, it just, it's, it's just another credit to him that he – focused on that and he was able to excel at it for the years that he did. I think you touched on a point because he missed virtually 2011 the entire season and you know it'd be easy to fall out of sight out of mind but he battled and came back and uh, his career exploded from there. Yeah I mean it, we, we believed in him you know we believed in him and you know he did enough in his first year that you knew that you had a, a quality player and it, it, we you know we put it on him to evolve and say this is what you're going to be now and he he owned that and and uh that's what good players do. That's what good professionals do, and that's what he was. It's going to be odd uh, working your special unit without him next year. Uh, I know they practice separately. It's going to be a little different. Yeah, it'll be different. I mean, uh, he was also the holder on field goal, so that changes the op there as well. But, uh, uh, you know, he, I'm sure he'll be around if we, if we, uh, we bring in any, anyone that he needs to, to give some feedback to. But it'll also fall on uh, Renee and PL. You know, those guys are great leaders. They're great vets. And, and I'm sure whoever that person is, there'll be a competition there. But they'll, they'll help bring that along and foster that room. That special team coach, Mark Killam. Listen, it's been fun looking back at the last decade. We've had it very good. I mean, really good around McMahon Stadium. Now it's time for new chapters to be written in the new decade. Get ready for the 2020 season. That's the White Horse Rides. If you like what you've heard, give us a like, give us a share, or leave a comment. I'm Mark Steven, the White Horse Rides.